0: Hello and welcome to Straight Talk for Real Life, produced by Hewlett Packard Enterprise. While the past few months have been stressful and challenging for all of us, those of you with a child at home deserve extra credit. On top of all the work from home issues, quarantine, and social distancing challenges we've all faced, parents have had to be a caregiver, a full-time educator, a child psychologist. Sound familiar? As time marches on and we head towards the next phase, we all have questions about taking the next step in the journey. Parents are justifiably concerned. Listen in because we've got some helpful guidance. Hi, I'm Bob Peacock. Welcome to Straight Talk for Real Life. There is a lot we don't know about post-pandemic life, but one thing is clear. Once it is deemed safe to return to schools, daycare centers, and camp, we won't be returning to what we once considered normal. And as those lockdown measures are lifted, many with new safety protocols in place, we thought it would be helpful to get some expert tips for parents who are dealing with feelings of stress and anxiety so that they can help their children cope with the same feelings. My guest is Dr. Ellen Contenti, author, speaker, and founder, and chief positivity officer of Heart Centered Programs, a training and consulting business that deals with many work and personal issues, including stress management and self-acceptance. Ellen, we see small children have separation anxiety even when they go back to school after a weekend. How difficult will it be for children to make the transition to go back to school after months of being home during the pandemic?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There are positive steps that we can take to help our children uh, transition back to school after so much time away, whether it's four months, five months or longer. And when I work with my clients, I coach them kind of through a five-step process. So the first step is always expression, right? Just invite your kids to talk about how they feel. Specifically, you know, what are their concerns about going back to school? Uh, and allow that to kind of guide the conversation. You know, and a lot of kids are asking questions around like, will I have to wear a mask when I go to school. Will I be able to see my friends when I go to school? So you just want to start off with just allowing them to express how they feel. And then, you know, you move into step two, which is helping them validate their concerns and feelings. You know, let them know that it's okay to feel anxious or worried and that it is normal to feel scared. I mean, adults have these feelings as well. So we want to validate their concerns and feelings, but we don't want to stay there, stay stuck in that. We want to move on to step three, which is to acknowledge the positives. And we want to focus on what they can look forward to right? They are going to be able to see their friends and hopefully their favorite teachers will be back. So we want to focus on the positive because that's what we want to expand. What we focus on expands. So we'll focus on the positives. And then four, step four is encouraging and empowering. So here's where we're going to sit down with our kids and kind of strategize with them you know, to move forward, to get ready for school. So strategies to get, you know, organized, uh, thought maybe preparing a backpack or, or, and or it's actually creating a workspace at home because there will continue to be a blended model. So we want to, you know, again, have strategies to move forward. And then what we're really doing is step five here is creating the actual transition plan. And what we want to do is take small baby steps to reintegrate back into those kinds of routines. So we may want to practice social distancing when we go outside, even though we're doing that already, but let's practice what it would be like to, you know, be um, in a hallway, for example, or let's practice what it would be like to be, you know, closer to a group of people and, and you know, here's what it looks like to be social distance. You know, and practice wearing masks, especially if they haven't been doing that at home, you know, this is gonna be something that will be required in the classrooms is wearing masks. So the more that we can create, you know, um, you know, practice these baby steps and really have a plan in place, the easier it's gonna be to help you know our kids transition. And the routine piece is so important, especially when we've been out of the school routine for so long. Um, You know, and this will absolutely help kids reduce anxiety. So getting up at the same time every day, you know, having breakfast and then, you know, uh, having an evening routine, those bedtime routines that are so important to help kids prepare for a school day the next day. Some
0: great ideas. Anyone who has ever spent any time with a child at all knows that social distancing is not in a child's nature. Kids love to hug. When a child starts interacting with friends again and another child wants to hug her, how can the child respond without hurting her safety or the other child's feelings?
1: Yeah, and this is this is a bit of a challenge. Uh, I sure. think the first thing is to just acknowledge and commend, you know, our children for wanting to express their affection to others and especially their friends. I mean, we want to use this desire that they have to express love as a way to remind them that there are other ways, especially right now, for them to be able to show their love, and their caring for their friends. So instead of hugs, you know, let's do make-believe hugs. So we'll hug ourselves first, and then we'll extend our hands forward towards our friends. So we're sending the love to them. So that's one thing that we can teach them to do. And then if they, you know, truly want to be physical, and I know it's really challenging, but we can do an elbow and foot tap, right? And that's something that is probably going to be taught in the schools, so I mean we don't want to be so overly cautious where we make the child feel bad if if they happen to, you know, touch their friend. But we want to teach them that, you know, there's other ways that we can express that love and appreciation. And I and I absolutely believe and know that this, the schools are going to be dealing with this as well.
0: Right. I would imagine that that some children actually have found comfort in being isolated at home, maybe because of their own social anxieties, and perhaps because they were bullied in school, how can you help that child transition back into camp or school?
1: Yeah, and there there are a fair number of children that have found comfort in being home. And so, the best thing we can do when we're dealing with anxiety is to create a supportive and nurturing environment. And again, it goes back to you know that five-step process that we talked about. And we want to show support. And let them know that it's not only okay, but it's normal for them to feel anxious. But we do also want to make sure that we're watching for specific signs of anxiety. You know, and this could show up in terms of the questions that they're asking us or their particular behavior. So we want to be listening, um, paying attention to if we're hearing a lot of the what if." questions. So what if I go to school and I get sick? What if I go to school and something happens? What if we want to make sure that we're providing uh, positive, supportive answers to those questions. You know, we could also see um, signs in terms of you know restlessness or they're they're feeling you know sick or they always have a stomachache or they're having trouble sleeping. Or even the emotional outbursts or anger um, that we might see with kids with a lot of anxiety. Because when you're supporting someone with anxiety, it's important to recognize that sometimes really what they need is just to um, express, just to be able to feel safe where they are. Now, parents are a safety net for kids and specifically when they're dealing with anxiety. So you may have to um, have extra time to prepare them and practice going through all the different steps to get them ready. Uh, in transitioning back to school. So we wanna make sure that we are starting sooner uh, and spending more time having a lot more patience. But there's also some practical things that you can do uh, with kids managing anxiety that we also do as adults. So we wanna practice doing some nice deep breathing. And one fun activity that you can do with younger children and teaching them how important it is to take some deep breaths to calm ourselves down is something called a teddy bear breathing, and basically, what the child's going to do is just lie down with their favorite um, stuffed animal. Uh, in my son's case, it's a stuffed frog, but he still has from when he was a, a baby. And you know, just let them see when when they take a nice deep breath that their belly, you know, their teddy bear moves uh, on their chest or moves on their belly and comes back down again. And it becomes more of a game. And you know, the key here with doing you know deep breathing or mindful activities is it takes them outside of their head, you know, those worrisome thoughts and puts them more in a, um, the present moment in more of a sensory type of activity. And, you know, I was talking to my son about this as well because, you know, one thing that he uses to calm his anxiety today is listening to music. You know? So doing something that, you know, is soothing and calming, even coloring books, you know, coloring and drawing and doing those kinds of activities. Anything that will help your child calm their mind is a great thing to do with them to help them better manage their anxiety.
0: Speaking of anxiety, I think we're all feeling a lot of stress these days. How can parents cope with their own stress so they can help their their children cope with those same feelings?
1: Absolutely. So the first thing I tell all my all my clients is to implement what's called the oxygen mask practice. So Bob, I'm sure that you have been on a plane and have heard safety warnings, right? Sure. Yeah. So the first thing they tell you to do is to put on the oxygen mask. Now, because if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of anyone else. And for parents, this is paramount. We have to model good self-care so their children know it's okay to take care of themselves and it's okay to ask for help when we need it. So as parents, right, we need to avail ourselves of all the different stress management strategies and tools and tips that are out there. And that includes asking for help or using, you know, our EAPs or our support groups or online resources. It's important for us to also recognize our own stress triggers, our signs, and the symptoms, so that we know when we've kind of tipped over into that, you know, um, that place where we're starting to spiral, that it's a, it's a yellow flag for us to say, uh-oh, I need to stop, take a breath, and pause before I can proceed. You know, there's an acronym that I use with my clients, which is the actual word STOP, which is, stands for stop, take a breath, observe your symptoms, pause, so then you can proceed more calmly. And, you know, when we modeled that with our children, and I used to do deep breathing exercises with my son face-to-face so he could see what it looked like to deep breathe and how easy it was to calm yourself down. Then our kids learn that not only is it important to do these things, but they will start to do them but I also help my clients put together their own personal toolkit. I call it the stress management toolkit. And if, if it's okay, I'll give you the top 10 that I think sure. everyone needs to have in your stress toolkit. So the first one is deep breathing. And it's something you can do anywhere, anytime, obviously, but there's other uh, ways to do some deep breathing exercises. And there's some great apps that you can use and everybody today has got a smartphone. So you know, every morning I start off my day with the calm deep breathing exercise that's on my phone, but there's there's audible, there's just breathe. Anyway, find the app that you like, but deep breathing is your number one tool in your toolkit. The second one is to just express the stress, right? Don't hold it in, share your emotions. If when we hold stuff in, it ends up festering and then it comes out and usually physical ailments and dis-ease in the body. So we wanna make sure that we're expressing when we're feeling stressed. Your third tool is to go outside, go for a walk, get some fresh air, see a different scenery. That's really important, especially since we're spending so much time sheltering at home, staying at home, working at home, kids at home. We need to get outside and get some fresh air. Your fourth tool is your expectations, kind of your mindset. We do need to change our expectations, right? Things are different. Our new normal is is here to stay, you know, and things are never going to go back exactly as they were. So we need to embrace the new, right? This is also a very mindful type practice. Change your expectations, be present, embrace the new. Number five, take time for yourself. Just you, yourself, and I, or me. <laughs> Even if it's just five minutes of alone time, it's really important to practice self-care. So find five minutes in your day that's just for you. Then number six. Right, this one is really important as well. This is about focusing on the three pillars of health. There's actually more, but the three, the three particular pillars, which you can focus on every day, which is your diet. So make sure you're eating uh, a healthy, balanced meals, sleep, just like kids. We need to have good bedtime routines and then exercise. We need to make sure that we're doing something every day, moving our bodies. Right? It doesn't have to be an hour. It could be 10 minute bursts throughout the day. But when we're under a lot of stress, Those three pillars get hit the hardest. So if we focus on those, it will have a huge positive domino effect on everything else. Number seven, gratitude. So important to have a gratitude practice or an attitude of gratitude. I mean, it's easy to be grateful when things are going well, but if you can use gratitude when you're in a challenge to say, what is one thing that I can be grateful for right in this moment? that again will help you calm down and manage your stress. So that's a really important tool in the toolkit. The eighth one is hobbies, games, crafts, projects, finding activities that put you in the flow. Because when you're doing a flow activity, when you're doing something you really enjoy, you're not in your head, you're not worrying about things. You're just enjoying life in that moment, in that hour or for whatever period of time. So make sure that you find time either throughout the day or at least in the week to do some slow activities. The ninth one is (laughs) self-forgiveness. And especially as parents, nobody's perfect. We want to laugh at our mistakes. Uh, We all make them. Uh, I used to teach parenting classes. I'm certified to teach multiple disciplines, read every book on the subject, and I have still made so many mistakes as a parent. Mm. So... Practice self-forgiveness throughout the day. And then your 10th tool is actually the same as number one, breathe. Just
0: breathe. So important. That's great. All right. So besides following the local guidelines, when it comes to to going to, to summer camp or going back to school in the fall, what should parents consider to make the best choices for their specific family situation
1: well let me start with camps because we're we're in the throes of summer right now uh, but when you're evaluating you know whether or not you want to send your child to camp i mean the one the number one thing that parents should look at is what type of risk that they might be incurring so they want to make sure that they're finding a camp that has what's called a low risk camp environment or the lowest risk and that's pretty much where it's just going to be a small group of campers that stay together all day so it's the same group like the camp is able to maintain you know that six feet distance there's no sharing of objects and pretty much everything's going to be done outside or it's prioritized to be outside camp is going to have you know, clearly defined and communicated protocols so sanitizing uh, their common areas, the equipment, you know, high touch things like the water fountain and anything that you know, the child might touch or sit on like benches and so forth, you know, sanitizers, all the things that we would expect to see to make it you know, safe and clean. Now, the other thing that parents wanna be looking at, and this is both for camps and for schools is buses. You know? So are there gonna be separate protocols for transporting and cleaning Uh, Same thing with, um, you know, in terms of eating, right? Are kids going to be bringing their own lunches to to camps and to schools? And then, you know, how how trained are the camp personnel in terms of uh, procedures and protocol? Do they know about proper face mask usage? And do they know that a child under two should not ever wear a mask? And if somebody's having trouble breathing, they should not be wearing a mask and so forth. So those are some of the key things regarding camps. But given that school is just around the corner, let's look at what families need to consider also about sending their kids back to school. And first and foremost, you know, parents need to make sure that they're in contact with their local school district and understand what steps are being taken to provide a safe back to school environment but you want to make sure that you are asking, you know, your teacher or your school administrator, you know, what steps are they taking? You know, how are they going to be supporting students both from an academic but also a mental health perspective? You know, how are they safeguarding schools? And you know, also what can you do as a parent to support these measure, measures? So generally, you know, just have the expectation that you know, schools are going to start. You know, some will definitely start up in the fall, but more than likely, it's going to be a blended model of both online and limited classroom uh,
0: learning. You, you've given us so many great ideas here. Let's close with some really practical tips for parents to reassure and guide their children so that they feel prepared and confident as they step out into this new normal.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, it's a good idea, as we've been saying, to make sure that we're practicing with them, you know, practicing safe behaviors at home so they feel more comfortable when they're out in public or when they're back in school. So using tissue and and paper towels when we're touching doorknobs or handrails, the elbow or foot shakes that we've talked about. And, uh, you know, again, practicing using the hand sanitizers or washing our hands. You know, in the beginning of this pandemic, we heard all those hand-washing songs to make sure they remember 20 seconds, you know, and exactly how to wash your hands so that those behaviors continue. Um, we want to remember, again, that everyone responds to stress in different ways. Uh, adults have different responses to stress. It's a very personal thing. So Our stress might be very different from our child, so we never want to minimize their stress, their anxiety, or their concern. We want to make sure that we're addressing it and we're creating a safe space for them to share their feelings and also to, you know, just be able to move forward at their pace. So remind them of their strengths, remind them of, you know, what they're good at, remind them of all the positives that we still have, you know, gratitude it's a great practice to do with kids is have a gratitude practice with them. As we also said, let's make sure that we're starting earlier in our transition plan, because um, again, if there's been a lot of anxiety and kids have been out of school for so long, it will take longer to get ready to go back. But I think the, the last thing I wanna finish with is, let's take a look at you know what we've all experienced. This is, um, hopefully something we'll never go through ever again in our lifetimes but one of the things that i i read which i thought was a great strategy or great tip is from kids helpline and they talked about using the summer as a way to create a time capsule of your time during the pandemic you know in a positive way and you can take time with your kids and really talk about you know what the silver linings have been you know what if what have you learned over the summer what are you going to remember those types of things. Again, if we can focus on the positive experiences, that's what's going to move us forward. Because it has been a time of close family relationships and nurturing each other. So it's creating moments of joy and laughter, because those are the things that we are going to remember long after this pandemic is gone.
0: Time capsule. I love that idea. Thank you so much, Dr. Ellen Contenti. Really appreciate you being on the podcast. As our families return to what's ahead, and whatever that looks like, parents will play an enormously important role in helping the transition be successful. And it's going to be important for parents to acknowledge that the situation is, in fact, not normal. You and your children will undoubtedly feel some stress or anxiety in making the transition, and it's perfectly normal. Things like mindfulness exercises or positive thinking can be helpful. If you look for the good, you'll often find it. And remember that if you are experiencing any depression or anxiety or fears, help is just a phone call away at the Employee Assistance Program. No matter what you're going through, you're not alone. HPE offers many great resources to HPE team members and their families. If you're in the U.S., you'll find those resources on HPE Wellness. And if you're outside the U.S., you'll find them on the global wellness page on HPE Insider. Our thanks to Dr. Ellen Contenti from Heart Centered Programs. And as always, thank you for taking a moment to listen in. Until next time, take good care of yourself. Let's talk again soon.